Straight from the Suburbs podcast, season two, episode five. As usual, I'm the Crypt Keeper, and I'm here in the Crypt, snugly located in Superhero Studios. And this is the Straight from the Suburbs Halloween Spooktacular. Halloween is one hell of a ride. Ever since I was a kid Crypt Keeper, it always filled me with wonder. And now that I've taken the mantle of adult Crypt Keeper, inside I'm still Kid Crypt Keeper, but I'm still in wonder about Halloween, specifically the traditions. Where did such macabre traditions come from? Why do we dress up in costumes? Why do we go door to door asking for treats? Why do we threaten to play a cruel trick on people? Why do we carve pumpkins, put candles in them and call them jack-o'-lanterns? Why do we decorate with skeletons, ghosts and witches? In my research, I found out that modern Halloween was brought over by the Irish, and that this esoteric tradition was almost wiped out by the Puritans, mostly south of the border, but that it thrived here in the Ottawa Valley, where such occult traditions were freely practiced. Upon hearing that, some Irish that settled in the US immigrated once more to the Ottawa Valley, where they were free from persecution and able to practice their traditions from Ireland, amongst like-minded individuals here in Canada specifically the Ottawa Valley. But to understand further this plight, one must know and understand the lore from whence it came. Ancient magic, ancient magicians, hidden knowledge from 3000 years ago, the Stella Sapiente of the Celts, Druids, and their sacred tradition of Samhain. Samhain means summer's end, and it marks the end of the last quarter of the Celtic year, October 31st, and the commencement of the new year, November 1st. It was the last festive gathering of the fall, halfway between the fall and winter equinoxes, a time to feast and celebrate the bounty of the harvest and prepare for the dark winter days to come. While families were out gathering up the harvest, the hearth fires were left to burn out. Once harvest was finished, the community would gather and light a huge bonfire, November coming fire, offering sacrifices to the gods, sharing food and drink with others. When the celebration was over, they would take some coals from the communal bonfire to relight their hearth fires in their homes. During this time of transition, the Celts believed the veil between the living and the dead was at its thinnest, and the spirits of all those who had passed away since the previous Samhain celebration moved on to their next life. Because the barrier between worlds could be breached during this time by evil spirits, offerings were left outside of villages and fields for fairies, or sids, often pronounced she. Now, the she were mystical beings from the even more mysterious Dedanins, to whom the great majority of fairy or fae gods belonged. 
the she or the fae of old were not how they are depicted today. Back then, they were mysterious, mystical, cunning, and diabolical. As a result, people would dress up as animals and monsters so the fairies wouldn't recognize or kidnap them. There are some truly horrifying creatures linked to Samhain. For example, the puka, a shape-shifting creature that takes harvest offerings from the field. Or Lady Gwyn, a headless woman in white who along with her black pig chases people who are out at night. Or perhaps the doula, an impish creature that sometimes appears as a headless horseman carrying their severed head and riding a horse with flaming eyes. If you saw one, it was an omen of death. The slua would go into houses and steal souls. Over time, smaller bonfires called samnanagan were lit adjacent to farms and houses to better protect families from witches and the aforementioned fabled creatures. A Samhain altar was then added as a mystic personal touch for the home. A Samhain altar would feature symbols of the harvest and of deceased loved ones. Families would leave their windows and front door open and put out food on the table the night of Samhain in case spirits of their ancestors came to call. Carved turnips, called jack-o'-lanterns, were attached by strings to sticks and glowed from coals inside them. When the Irish came to the fertile Ottawa Valley, turnips weren't as easy to find as pumpkins so they started to use the readily available pumpkins we still see nowadays. Pumpkins with ghoulish faces and illuminated by candles are a sure sign of Halloween. The practice came from pagan lore about a mortal man named Stingy Jack. According to the tale, Stingy Jack invited the devil to have a drink with him. True to his name, Stingy Jack didn't want to pay for his drink, so he convinced the devil to turn himself into a coin that Jack could use to buy their drinks. Once the devil did so, Jack decided to keep the money and put it in his pocket next to a silver cross which prevented the devil from changing back into his original form. Jack eventually freed the devil under the condition that he would not bother Jack for one year and that, should Jack die, he would not claim his soul. The next year, Jack again tricked the devil into climbing into a tree to pick up a piece of fruit. While he was up in the tree, Jack carved the sign of the cross into the tree's bark so that the devil could not come down until the devil promised Jack not to bother him for 10 more years. Soon after, Jack died. As the legend goes, God would not allow such an unsavory figure into heaven. The devil, upset by the trick Jack had played on him and keeping his word, would not claim his soul, would not allow Jack into hell. The devil Jack sent off into the dark night with only a burning coal to light his way. Jack put the coal into a carved out turnip and has been roaming the earth ever since. The Irish began to refer to this ghostly figure as Jack of the Lantern and then simply Jack-o'-lantern. Pranks were often played on people during Samhain. Though they were typically blamed on the fairies, 
People dressed up in costume and went door to door singing songs for the dead. They were rewarded with a drink or a devilishly tasty soul cake. Soul cakes were gifted so those at your door would not curse your home or play a trick on you. You never know who will show up at your door during Samhain. These traditions form the basis of our modern day trick-or-treating. So, macabre listeners in the crypt, with Halloween around the corner, remember how it all began with Samhain. Before leaving to go carve out my own ghastly jack-o'-lantern, the Crypt Keeper has a macabre treat for all listening in the crypt. A haunting and fitting recital of Halloween in a Suburb, a short story slash poem by my favorite author, H.P. Lovecraft, as creepingly narrated by my paranormal producer, Wolfman Jackson. Ladies and gentlemen, happy Halloween, and stay suburban, stay mystified. From out of the production booth shadows and into your inner soul, the Crypt Keeper presents H.P. Lovecraft's Halloween in a Suburb as read by Wolfman Jackson. Of horror 